folks, my name is Caroline Palachek and I wanted to talk about the treatment of immigrants at the border. This has been a long-standing issue, but it became more apparent in the U.S. in the 1970s and 80s when the U.S. started to numerically restrict Latino immigration into the U.S. as poverty rates and violence in Mexico and Central America were on the rise. The Immigration and Naturalization Service stepped up on its enforcement efforts by adding more officers and more teams that were patrolling the border. The U.S. government started to show a preference towards immigrants fleeing communism, and they accepted less migrants that were coming from the Mexican border. This created a boom in the coyote business, human smuggling, which has caused a slew of problems. So in the late 70s, the Immigration Service started to decide that they wanted to prosecute individual coyotes in court as a policy when they were caught. And they tried to hold the people in charge of the entire smuggling ring accountable, but those people could secure bail within a day of getting arrested. So they wouldn't get prosecuted and they it wouldn't end the chain. They would just try to capture individual coyotes. In an attempt to gather witnesses, they started to incarcerate immigrants and separate their children from their parents. In 1979 alone, when 340,000 immigrants were arrested at the border, more than 8,000 were children and 600 of them served as witnesses. We're moving to the late 80s and the numbers start to go down a little bit when the government incarcerated around 5,000 children a year and used 900 witnesses. And eventually it occurred to them that they could use adults as witnesses instead. And sometimes they would hold the parents in the US and deport the children to Mexico without their parents, which obviously is horrendous. But as time went on, the growing concern over how these immigrants were being treated in incarceration facilities brought up something called the Flores, the Flores Settlement, in which was introduced in 1997. It imposed several obligations on the immigration authorities, which fell into three broad categories. The government was, A, the government was required to release children from immigration detention centers without unnecessary delay in order of preference. So if they couldn't go to the parents, they could go to other adult relatives relatives. If they couldn't go to adult relatives, they went to a licensed program as willing to accept custody. And with respect to children for whom a suitable placement was not immediately available, the government is obligated to place children in the least restrictive setting appropriate to their age and any special needs. The government under the Florida Settlement is also required to implement standards relating to the care and treatment of children in the immigration detention centers. Now, around the Obama administration, they started building detention centers for families so they wouldn't have to split them up. And they would have, you know, a doctor and activities to do. So they would be more comfortable in the environment that they're being held in. Obviously it's not super comfortable because you have to stay there, but it's better than that. Um, Around May, not around, early 2017, the government started separating families more routinely along the U.S.-Mexico borders, including families that came through official points of entry. On May 7th, 2018, 
the U.S. Department of Justice announced their zero-tolerance policy, saying that all migrants who crossed the border without permission, including asylum seekers, had to be referred to the Department of Justice for prosecution. In mid-June, the DHS publicly acknowledged for the first time that it had separated nearly 2,000 children from their parents or legal guardian between uh, April and May, between almost a month and a half. They didn't clarify their protocol for reunification, and they, to this day, still haven't. Um, Around that time, journalists and human rights activists got a tour of an old warehouse in McAllen, Texas, where hundreds of children were being kept in a series of cages of metal fencing. The lighting stayed on around the clock, the children slept under emergency blankets, and older children were forced to change the diapers of toddlers. Following the public outcry surrounding this article on June 20th, three days after the article was released, President Trump signed an executive order ordering the DHS to stop separating families in cases, except in cases where the parent was a danger to the child, which didn't happen. 2,342 children were separated at the border between, from their parents between May 5th and June 9th. And the ACLU decided to file a class action suit against the U.S. immigration. And the district judge that was in charge of that issued a preliminary injunction requiring, requiring immigration authorities to reunite most separated families within 30 days and reunite children younger than five within two weeks. The judge also prohibited further separations unless the parent posed a danger to the child or had a criminal history or a communicable disease. In early July, the Trump administration started forcing migrants to choose between leaving the country with or without their children, preventing them from seeking asylum. By June 26th, more than 900 parents have yet to be reunified with their children by the court's deadline, and more than half of the parents have been deported to their home countries without their children. Later, throughout that year, um, Amnesty International published a report that revealed that U.S. Customs and Border Patrol had separated 622 family units between April 19th and August 15th, a way larger number than anybody had ever seen before. Um, On October 15th, the government reported to a court that a total of 2,654 children had been separated from their parents, and of that number, 2,363 had been discharged from custody, but 125 had made the decision to pursue asylum in the U.S. without their parents and another 120 children hadn't waived reunification and were still waiting to be reunited. Around February 14, 2019, the Texas Civil Rights Project did a report and found that a significant number of children had been separated from relatives other than parents or legal guardians, like uncles or aunts, and those kinds of separations weren't even counted. Along the same lines of this kind of report, On February 27th, the New York Times did a report and that stated that more than 4,500 complaints about sexual abuse of immigrant children held in detention centers from October 2014 to 2018 were filed. Of the 1,301 cases considered the greatest, 
178 included the accusations of sexual assault by staff members, the people who are supposed to be keeping the children safe. Those allegations included watching children sour, fondling and kissing them, and rape. Uh, It's so horrible. To this day, they say that at least 40 separations occurred daily along the Mexico... Uh, along the Mexico-California border alone, not counting Texas, Arizona, or New Mexico. The Trump administration acknowledges that they separated at least 1,712 additional children before the zero tolerance when it, policy went into effect in May 2018, and a lot of these children being held in these detention centers, being cared for by the U.S. Border Patrol and DHS, are not being held humanely as they've seen before. And in around June 20th in 2019, some there's a report that came out that in a facility near El Paso, Texas, around 250 infants, children, and teens had been locked up for 27 days without adequate food, water, and sanitation. Some were separated from adult caregivers after arriving at the border and at least 15 or more were suffering from the flu. It's really, the conditions were horrific. And in July, the ACLU, in response to this, um, filed a motion in the US District Court of San Diego asking a federal judge to block the Trump administration from continuing to separate children and families at the border. Since the nationwide injunction was issued on June 26th, 2018, over 900 parents and children, not excluding babies, had been separated at the border. The ACLU alleges that families have been separated for things that your kids shouldn't be separated for, like traffic offensives. And on August 21st, 2019, something really big and something really detrimental happened. The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the DHS introduced a rule that would abolish the Flores settlement in favor of more flexible guidelines for the detainment of children and separation of families. Some of these amendments would include removing the rule that says that the U.S. Customs and Border Protection can only detain children for 20 days and requires the government to comply with certain standards of care. It also removes the rule that says that children must be placed in the least restrictive setting appropriate for their age. The Trump administration's rule would allow it to indefinitely detain immigrant families who cross the border without authorization. And on January 13th, 2020, a judge refused to issue the rules that the ACLU was trying to push through, saying that the government doesn't need basic guidelines to detain children in detention centers and immigration officials are allowed to decide whether to separate children from their parents in certain circumstances. As of late January 2020, there are around 4,368 children who are currently separated from their parents or guardians under the family separation policy. There could be more at this point. The government has no efficient way to locate family, locate and reunite families at this time. It is not uncommon for children to be lost in the system. As of right now, Biden, promises to make family immigration to the U.S. more accessible and humane. His first proposals are to allow any approved applicant to receive a temporary non-immigrant visa until the permanent visa is processed and to treat the spouse and the children of green card holders as immediate relatives and not deporting them. 
and allowing parents to bring their minor children with them at the time they immigrate instead of having to leave them behind. Biden also plans to end, Biden and his, his administration plan to end for-profit detention centers as a way to discourage inhumane treatment of immigrants. Also, perhaps most importantly, Trump's separation policies will go out the window immediately, including abolishing the practice of prosecuting parents for minor violations as an in intimidation tactic like traffic tickets that will give you a traffic ticket and then take your children away because of that um, and making it a top priority to reunite separated families. They still don't know how they're going to do this though as there was no real tracking system for the parents and children that were separated. According to his campaign website, ICE and Customs and Border Protection will be held accountable for their actions and given more resources to train their employees to treat immigrants with respect. The money that the government will save by ending long-term detainment will be used to find a fund a case management program. Evidence shows that programs like this, where immigrants live in a safe and dignified place while getting help from facilitators to facilitate things like doctor visits, social services, and school enrollment for children while waiting for their court hearings, make the likelihood that they will show up to court and be cooperative much higher because some of these people don't know how to speak English. So they really need that extra help. While Biden, not some, most. While Biden's plan is comprehensive and certainly a step in the right direction, I can't help but be skeptical that his administration will actually follow through on their promises. The trauma and damage that these separations caused cannot be undone. The clock can't be turned back for the parents that were robbed of their children's childhoods. And the children, as resilient as they are, will have lifelong consequences to face because of the trauma that they have endured. We must continue to advocate for the most vulnerable, making sure that families can be kept together and parents seeking better futures for their children are met with support instead of obstacles. Thank you. Have a nice day.